How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and I'm ready to put last week behind us and set our sights on the L.A. Chargers. After two straight losses, the Bears will look to get back on track on Sunday. So to kick off our Week 8 preview, I sat down with former Chargers linebacker Kyle Emanuel, host of the Leading the Charge podcast, who shared his thoughts on head coach Anthony Lynn, Melvin Gordon struggles, the strengths and weaknesses of their defense, and much more, including his thoughts on Trubisky and the Bears offense that I promise you won't want to miss. You ready to dive in? Yeah, I thought so. Let's go ahead and meet the 2019 LA Chargers. Kyle, I want to thank you for joining me today. I know our listeners are super excited to learn more about the Chargers as both teams. They're looking to snap some losing streaks. It's glad to have you on. How have you been? I've been really good, man. It's been uh, kind of a weird season, uh, not playing football for the first time in I don't even know how many years, but it's been fun staying close to the game, following the Chargers, following my college team. So uh, it's been good overall. I'm glad, yeah. I'm sure that has been quite the adjustment period for you, but jumping into those Chargers, obviously they're having a pretty tough season. Sitting at 2-5, and five, everyone was expecting more out of L.A. than what they've been able to accomplish so far. But I want to begin with head coach, Anthony Lynn, and I just want your opinion. Is And you know him. Is he a part of the problem or the solution over there? I have to say he's part of the solution just because of um, you know, what I've seen uh, go on from you know my first two years there to what they've been able to or what we were able to to do my last two years he's kind of changed the culture um, I think he's just dealing with a lot a lot of a lot of things that uh, in the NFL it's so every game is so close and uh, they're dealing with a lot of injuries and they just have not found a way to find that one play or two plays to uh, make the difference in a game Now, moving over to the rushing attack, I'm looking at Melvin Gordon. Now, of course, he's played three games this year after the holdout. But in those three games, only 81 yards on the ground on 36 carries. Uh, Doing the math, that's like 2.2 yards per rush, which, of course, is not typical of a Melvin Gordon. Uh, He recently said that he won't miss another training camp. So my question for you, Kyle, is, uh, is he just not in game shape or is he a little bit out of sync, some rust? Or is that more on the banged-up offensive line that I've been noticing out of L.A.? 
Yeah, I think you hit it on the head. I think it's a combination of all of it. I mean, just I can only speak for myself as a football player, but I know when you're out that long, uh, it just makes things difficult. You, there's, there's no substitution for actually playing football, right? I mean, you can do mm-hmm. whatever you want working out. You can be in shape, but there's just no substitution for doing it. And there is a rhythm aspect to it. It's kind of like a three-point shooter. You know, there is, you get in a rhythm, you get in a groove, and uh, things go well for you. Um, when you're out, it, it, it's going to take a while. I think he, he might have been a little rusty. I don't question his work ethic. I'm sure he was ready to go or as ready as he could be. But when you're also shuffling the deck on the offensive line, and I'm sure we can get into the injuries, but uh, it's just been atrocious for the Chargers along the offensive line, just moving guys left and right. They put in Forrest Lamp, uh, second-round pick, and then uh, who hasn't been able to play much, he gets his chance. He gets hurt after, I think, two games of starting. Uh, so it's just been kind of a carousel with the offensive line, which obviously does not help the run game either. No, no doubt about that. And when I'm looking at the backfield, I still see Austin Eckler, even though ever since Gordon returned, he hasn't been asked to do too much on the ground. He's still a pretty pivotal factor as a receiver. I see over 200 receiving yards in the last three weeks combined. What kind of value does Eckler have on LA's offense? Yeah, I can't really say enough good things about Austin Eckler. He's a guy who's come in, uh, done everything the right way, an undrafted guy, worked his way to the top, having a great NFL career so far. But he's what I like to call a switch-up back, a compliment back. I think he can be a primary back in this league as well. But um, even with Melvin coming back and not running the ball as much, you can line him up at receiver. He's tough uh, as a one-on-one matchup against linebackers, um, screens, Good third down back, really good in the red zone. He's found the end zone a lot in his career. So, I mean, you can do a lot with Austin, and just and it doesn't have to just be running the ball. He's been good all over the field. Is he someone that maybe, you know, back in the day gave you a little bit of fits in practice? Uh, <laughs> um, I don't remember him giving me too many times, but he probably would have. I was, I was more of a, a flat defender, usually a zone. I didn't have to match up with him one-on-one very often, probably – good for me but yeah he's extremely <laughs> quick one of the one of the strongest guys on the team too so I mean you can't just he's not one of those guys you you can just hit him and he's gonna fall over he's gonna you have to you usually have to kind of gang tackle him and get a lot of guys to the ball to bring him down I'm right, moving over to quarterback Philip Rivers I'm curious what kind of season you believe he's having because when I'm looking you know just at the stat sheet uh, 93.5 pass rating six interceptions through seven games but for our listeners who you know aren't able to watch every Chargers game is Philip Rivers playing at a perhaps higher level than some of those stats indicate? I think so. I think he, again, getting back to that offensive line, I think uh, the, all the shuffling and injuries along it have affected him as well. He, you know, he's not a mobile quarterback and that's no secret. And he kind of has a low uh, angle when he throws the ball as well. So he, he's, he needs a clean pocket. He has to be able to step into his throws. And when he does, I've seen it time and time again. He can dissect the defense. If you if you give him time, let Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams, these guys, he has a lot of weapons. Let them kind of run their routes and get open and he, he can he can dissect the defense, but he's when you don't have time, any quarterback in this league is gonna struggle. I think he's still playing at a high level and I think he can still play for a couple more years and um I would not be surprised to see him even turn it on a little bit more coming up uh, the rest of the season. Now, you mentioned Hunter Henry. He leads all tight ends with 85 receiving yards per game. And, of course, he was injured for a good part of this season, but he did return two weeks ago. And in those two games, he has nearly 200 yards and two touchdowns. How has Hunter Henry's return made the offense better? 
Yeah, well, it just gives them that that threat at tight end. I think before that, I mean, Sean Colkin and and uh, Virgil Green, they they do a good job. They're really good blocking tight ends. Um, they're not so much. They're not going to be that deep threat that that guy that you're necessarily scared of um, in a passing game. So it's just another another weapon for Philip. I think he has really good receivers and and the guys I just mentioned, and they've done a good job of getting open. But Hunter's an incredible route runner. He's he's faster than he than he looks. He's a big target, and he's been. I mean, when he's been healthy, he's been one of the best tight ends in the league, and he's continued to show that this year, uh, getting back and and uh, feeling a little bit better off that injury. Now, looking at the offense as a whole, uh, to say that they have struggled in the red zone would be putting it pretty mildly. Uh, they have the eighth worst touchdown rate, uh, only finding Paydirt on about 47% of their trips inside the 20. Uh, and to make matters worse, they have turned the ball over five times inside the 10-yard line, including Gordon's at the end of last week's game. So besides turning the ball over, uh, what else is kind of going wrong inside the red zone? Yeah, and I mean that's that's a stat you can look at right there, and that may, might be why the Chargers are struggling to win games. You get in the red zone, you have to score, uh, and you want to score touchdowns, field goals. Uh, a lot of times in this league, you're not gonna you're not gonna win games just kicking field goals. So I mean that's that's a really telling stat right there. I don't know. I haven't seen anything specific. I mean, not being able to run the ball is is obviously an issue all over the field, but especially in the red zone when when you can't run it, uh, you just don't have. I mean. It, it makes sense, right? You just don't have enough room uh, to let receivers run around. There's less space. It's easier for defenders to to pick up those receivers. Uh, you don't have a mobile quarterback, so the running game, quarterback run game is not there either. So uh, I just I don't know if it's a, a stroke of bad luck or what it is, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's one thing to not score. It's another to turn the ball over. So that is definitely something that needs to be cleaned up for them moving forward. Uh, Kyle, also about this offense this year, they've been, I would say, inconsistent's a good word. So would you be able to explain to me and our listeners the difference between the Chargers offense when things are clicking, when things are working, compared to what's going wrong when obviously they're unable to move the ball, sustain drives? Yeah, I think when things are clicking, uh, Phillip's quick and decisive in the pocket, uh, and you've seen it at times. He'll get the ball out quick where the pass rush doesn't bother him. Uh, he'll find Hunter. He'll find Keenan. And really, I think the pass game is kind of what sets up the run game. And then you have Melvin Gordon. He's been a touchdown machine these last these last three years. He's not there the first four games. He comes back. Things are thrown off a little bit. So they haven't been able to run the ball. Um, when they do drop back at uh, the pass, the offensive line hasn't been great. So Phillip isn't able to, you know, be the the patented Phillip Rivers that everyone's that everyone's accustomed to seeing. So. I think, again, coming back to that running game, that has to get going uh, a little bit better. And then you have to you have to protect Phillip and let him, uh, you know, be the Hall of Fame quarterback that he is. I will switch over to the defense, your bread and butter. And when I'm putting on the film, one thing that instantly jumps out regarding the Chargers is just the plethora of missed tackles. Not only is it the missed tackles, but those misses, they're resulting in big plays that lead the points. I mean, those are daggers to any team. So I would love to hear your take at the cause behind these. Are they fundamental issues, lack of effort, or maybe experience? Uh, I saw that five rookies on defense played over 160 snaps last week. So it's a combination of all three things. Yeah, it, it's a lot there. I mean, you talked about the injuries. Derwin James is out, his, who is a Pro Bowl player in his second year. Um, 
uh, his backup, rookie Nasir Adderley, he's out as well. Uh, Adrian Phillips, who was kind of a, you know, I don't, you probably don't hear a bunch about him in the media, but he's kind of the do everything guy for the Chargers. He, he'll play linebacker, he'll play safety, he'll line up in the nickel. I mean, he'll do a little bit of everything. So having inexperienced guys doesn't help. But Gus Bradley's defense, I mentioned this on our podcast too, but Gus Bradley's defense kind of predicates on good tackling. You play a lot of cover three. You have four under three deep. You're going to give up some some checkdowns. And I think, uh, you know, if you watch the Steelers game on Sunday night a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, they have a third-string quarterback in there. He's just dumping the ball off and giving what the defense is giving, is you know, letting him have, and which is fine as a defense. You're fine with that. But you want to keep those gains to three, four yards. When you have missed tackles, it kind of – the, the cover three defense just doesn't work as well. Now you're forced to play man. You get out of position a couple times there in that game. And like you said, the missed tackles. I mean, they're, they're killers for any defense. And it's something that's hard to practice as an NFL player because you're not bringing guys to the ground. You can only do so many drills. Um, so, yeah, it's something that has to be figured out. I think, uh, you know, we was always taught to just sprint tackle. When you break down, NFL athletes are really good, and they're going to make you miss. Uh, looking at the defensive line specifically, I know there have been some injuries which have allowed uh, some younger players to play up front, but those young guys, they had a pretty good game against the Titans. How would you assess uh, where they're at and what they can kind of bring this Sunday? Yeah, they, the, the Chargers are really, really talented. Uh, uh, Tillery, uh, Jerry Tillery, the first-round pick, is coming along um, pretty well. They are missing Melvin Ingram. You know, They, they had the really good one-two punch with Bosa and Ingram on the edge, and and Melvin's been out for a couple games, but I thought defensively they played better, at least against the Titans. You know, they were the, the Chargers' defense, at least early on in the season, has they've kind of struggled early and then they've settled down and been able to figure things out. So it all starts, I say, all the time, no matter what level of football you're at, you're, it all starts at the defensive line when it comes to pass rush and, and stopping the run and kind of holding your gap. And I think that's that's one place where you can point to and say, hey, we're at least improving. If we can get these guys rolling, we're going to be more successful defensively. And as a linebacker, some of the talk that I've been seeing out of LA is that they've been a kind of a liability in coverage this season. So I'm curious, is that accurate? Obviously you know the position well, so if it is accurate, how can they fix it? Yeah. Linebacker is uh it's tough, especially in that, in that cover three, like it talks about when you, when you're getting play action, when you're not stopping the run, sometimes you get sucked up as a linebacker, uh, especially in this, in this cover three defense, you're asked as a linebacker, sometimes you have to run with receivers. If, uh, if a receiver's lined up, uh, you know, in a slot position or uh, a near uh, the number two and they run a deep over, that's the linebacker's job. So it's not always easy. I think uh, Thomas Davis and Denzel Perryman, uh, I mean, obviously Thomas Davis has been in this league a long time, but Denzel, I would say, is, is more of a, a run-stopping linebacker. He's capable in the, in the past game. Um, but I think it just comes down to to knowing your job. I mean, it's simple things like that. I think they're all capable of, of covering guys like this, but you have to know your job and you have to be able to see your keys. And if it is a play action, you have to you have to recognize that quickly. And if not, you have to panic drop, get to your spot, and and kind of set up. And and this defense is predicated on reading the eyes of the quarterback. And uh, if it, it all, like I said, it all starts um, at the beginning of the play and getting your eyes right. Now, looking at the secondary, as a team, though, the Chargers, they allow just 219 passing yards per game. That's the fifth best mark in the league. And obviously, the secondary, they've been playing pretty well this season, although I would say last week wasn't their best outing. So, Kyle, would you be able to share maybe the strengths and weaknesses of the Chargers secondary for us? 
Yeah, I think, you know, you have to start with, with Casey Hayward, a guy who's been a, a Pro Bowl cornerback in this league, and he's been kind of a lockdown guy, and I think he's had a, he's had a solid year this year. And, and, you know, the yards necessarily haven't been uh, – they haven't been a huge issue, but when you kind of dissect it further, um, they're just not getting off the field in key time. So I think, you know, you, yeah, you have, you have the fifth-best pass defense – in the league, but at key times and in third downs, and especially in like two minute situations, I've noticed uh, they've struggled a little bit. And I think another thing that would be key for the Chargers, especially moving forward, is, is just getting those turnovers, getting those interceptions. Gus Bradley, the D coordinator, he talks a lot about, uh, you know, tips and overthrows. Got to get those. And uh, when the, when a quarterback does make a mistake, being able to capitalize that and uh, get good field position for an offense who could use it, definitely. For sure. And now when I'm looking at that defense as a whole, uh, they have the second worst mark on third down. They're allowing 50% of conversion rate on the money down. And when they get into the red zone, they're the fourth worst in the league. They're allowing offense to score touchdowns on about two thirds of those trips. So obviously those are two big focus areas for any defense. When you're looking at this team, do you see a few things that are going wrong in either area that could be cleaned up this week? I think, I think when, uh, you know, you get into third down, um, especially in this team, um, you know, Gus does like to dial up some pressures, although he doesn't pressure a lot. He probably pressures um, less than I would say is the average in the league. Um, it's hard to pinpoint one thing that's going wrong, but like, I, you know, like I was just saying, uh, you know, yards don't necessarily always kill you, but if you can't get off the field and when teams do get in the red zone, if you're giving up touchdowns, that's uh that's what's gonna that's what's gonna beat you. You know, you can give up 400 yards a game, but if you're good on third down, if you're good in the red zone, and you're only giving up field goals, uh, you still find a way to win the game. So that's that's definitely an area that still needs to improve. I think the the pressure on the quarterback when he, especially when they're getting the ball out quick, um, it needs to be better, and uh, that I think that will kind of lead to more success. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense to me. Now, Kyle, I'm curious, is there anything else about the Chargers you want us to know? Obviously, uh, you're the expert on the team for more than one reason, especially given your intimacy level uh, with them being on the team just a year ago. So if there's anything else that you believe that uh, myself and our listeners would benefit from learning more about, I would love to hear about it. Yeah, I think, you know, when I when I kind of look at this team and try to assess it and I'm trying to figure out, you know, what did we do last year? Why were we winning, you know, 12-4 and four last year, mm-hmm. win a playoff game? You know, what, what's kind of the difference? And, you know, we talked about the struggles with the offensive line and running the running the ball, not getting off the field. But to me, uh, there's kind of this X factor in, that w- in, within the NFL that I noticed in my four years. And um, usually it just comes down to a, a play or two, and it's it's just literally finding a way to win a game, whether it's ugly or not. And I, I was looking through the scores last year. We won 12 games. There weren't many blowouts. You know, we, we weren't necessarily beating teams down, but we were just finding a way, whether it was ugly or not, finding a way to win. I think that's kind of what uh, you've seen this year is just the Chargers just can't find that, that one play to, to win a game. And they've also fallen behind early uh, a lot, which it's always tough to to come from behind. I think that's also kind of led to to the struggles um, with running with running the ball. You can't run the ball when you get behind. That's when other teams let uh, their pass rush kind of get up and go. So I just I haven't been able to, or they have not been able to to find a way to win those close games, which which is what we were doing uh, last year, and that's why we were successful. Great stuff there, Kyle. One final question for you. It's a two-parter. It's how I end every Meet the Opponent episode week in and week out. And the first part of this question is, why will the Chargers end up winning this game? 
Yeah, great question. You know, if you asked me this question a couple of weeks ago, I'd say it's, you know, this is a really tough game, but, uh, you know, I know you have a lot of Bears fans uh, listening to your to your podcast, but to me, um, I think the key matchup in this game is going to be the offensive line versus, you know, Khalil Mack in that, in that defensive front and whether whether or not they can control control him, control the line, and just give Phillip time. But I think you know, I watched a decent amount of uh, of the Bears last game against the Saints, and, you know, I, I'm not saying anything that people don't know, but Trubisky just looked – he just didn't look comfortable. He was missing a lot of a lot of open throws. So I think defensively you have to feel good going into this game if you're the Chargers. Hey, if we can stop the run, if we can force Trubisky to throw in some, some tight windows – um, I think he mentally might be a little bit off there um, going from a really good second year to struggling a little bit this year. So I think, you know, if you're an offense, you're not thinking we have to score 40 points in this game. We just have to do, we just have to do enough and we have to hope our defense plays well. And we have a really, real good shot of winning this game. Actually, I have a Frank question for you. Cause you have experience. Uh, what, can, how would you feel as a defender uh, if your offense was out there, I think their average drive against the Saints, they had multiple that were less than a minute. Can you give us some insight as a defender, what that kind of does? Obviously, you don't get rest. You don't have time to adjust. Could you just give us some ins and outs of what that can maybe do to a defense? Well, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a team game uh, through and through. And, uh, I mean, you you feed off the momentum of the offense. Offense feeds off the momentum of you. So when your offense is out there getting three and outs, uh, and you have to punt the ball, especially for me. I was the guy that was on the punt team. You get tired out that way as well. But um, yeah, I mean, you, you definitely feel it. It's uh, it's kind of a momentum killer when you have to be out there a ton. You mentioned the you know the the conditioning aspect and, and getting worn down a little bit. That's that's obvious. But uh, it's just you just kind of get this feeling like, all right, we you know here we go again type of thing. So the offense and defense go together special teams everything works together if your offense getting three and outs you know now the other team's getting better field position so it all it all works together it's all hand in hand yeah no i appreciate that insight because again not every day i get to talk to a former nfl linebacker to kind of gain that and it's been some talk here on the podcast on what that can do and how that can demoralize even the bears defense that has so much talent if they're tired and again, they don't have faith that the offense can even sustain a drive. I'm sure that that can definitely lead to some frustration. But getting back on track, this last part and the final question for you today is, what's it going to take for the Chargers to end up on the wrong side of this one and lose yet another game? I think, you know, what I what I look to uh, first and foremost is always turnovers. I think they need to win the turnover battle. I think you need to, to get some interceptions. Um, and then penalties, you know, Anthony Lynn's a guy we preached on penalties a lot. You do a, you do a referee report and what do these referees like to throw flags on? So, I mean, we talked about a lot and I think if you can limit penalties and you can win the turnover battle, uh, that's going to lead to better field position. That's going to help your offense out against a, a good bears defense. And, uh, I think, I think the chargers defense, um, you know, they have to step up. If not, if you let a, a let running game get going, I think, you know, screen games to, to Cohen is going to be an issue and let getting the ball into his hands. Um, so I think if, you know, if they lose a turnover battle, I think uh, they're in for a long day. Kyle, are you in for just one more question that just kind of dawned on me? For sure. Always. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. So the bears last game, the only ran the ball seven times as a linebacker. How does that change how you attack an offense? Yeah, well, I mean, that's what you want, right? As a defense, you want to make a team one-dimensional, especially in the NFL. You have to be able to do both. If you can't run, if you can't throw, 
um, you're just going to allow that makes it easier on Gus Bradley as a D coordinator calling plays. It makes, it just makes everything easier. That makes, you don't have to worry about play action pass. you like I talked about earlier, you're letting the, the linebackers get set up and they're not even worried about the run game. So, um, it makes it immensely easier. Uh, cause especially as a guy, like for me, I was a guy on the line of scrimmage, every single play, you have to, you have to kind of figure out right away. All right. Is this a runner pass? Can I get into my drop or do I have to, you know, set the edge on the line. It's the same thing for the guys inside. I mean, it's somewhat the same for safeties and, and D linemen, everyone. So when you know it's a pass, uh, they're probably going to be throwing the ball. Um, it just makes everything easy. Now you can key up that, uh, that pass rush and kind of let those guys run loose. Thanks. I appreciate that. I mean, we talk about in the podcast, but I don't have that level of experience that you do. So hearing you kind of reaffirm everything we've already mentioned on our show, uh, I mean, it helps. I don't feel any better about our offense, but it helps. <laughs> no, you're, you guys are you're definitely you're on point with that one. It, it's uh, You call it like you see it, and you're correct. Well, I, I need that on testimony on our website, Kyle. I really do. But uh, <laughs> I really appreciate all the time. Uh, that's all I have for you. That's some really good stuff that you're able to provide about the Chargers. Uh, I would give you the floor here just one final time if you want our listeners to know how to find you and your show. That way, if they want to kind of keep up with the Chargers uh, this week, where they can find you. Yeah, so we are on uh, uh, Leading the Charge. It's a Believe, uh, B-L-E-A-V podcast. It's it's uh it's all over it's on every kind of avenue you can find a podcast uh so we're talking charters we talk a little bit of headlines um you can find me on twitter at kylie manual 51 and uh yeah so we'll be we, we'll be talking chargers and nfl uh all uh all season long all right kyle thanks so much for your time uh take care and have a good rest of your week all right all right thanks man appreciate you having me on That'll do it, Bears fans. I hope that you enjoyed Kyle's insight on the L.A. Chargers. Up next is our weekly preview episode. Nick and I will take a look at how the Bears stack up in all three phases and much more, including our weekly predictions. Don't forget to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed it. But until next time, Bear Down Chicago. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.